0: Hello there, welcome along to the Michael Castle Group podcast series. Luke Davis is my name, and my special guest today is Esther Hannaford, who's playing Carol King in the production of Beautiful, the Carol King musical, which is on now at the Lyric Theatre in Sydney, then off to Her Majesty's Theatre in Melbourne from February. Esther, thanks for your time. Thanks for having me. Now, Carol King's story is told so poignantly in this production of Beautiful, but today we're going to focus on the Esther Hannaford story, how you got to where you are today. And also, now you've been in the role for a few months, I want to hear how you're handling life in the spotlight. So let's go back mm-hmm. to the beginning. You grew up in Melbourne, uh, one of five children. Yes, and was it a very musical household?
1: Oh, it was a very, very musical household. Mum and dad um, introduced us to musical theatre when we were very young. They, they love Shirley Bassey, Barbara Streisand, all the big divas. Both of them, which is, you know, fabulous.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, And your brothers and sisters musical as well?
1: Yes, we all used to sing and dance together and, you know, go down to the Rye Carnival and win our tickets for the shows every <laughs> summer.
0: I heard that the, the the only TV stations you watched in your household, ABC and SBS, and that's
1: oh, it. Oh, yeah, that was, that was mum's doing. She always had control of the remote. Um, <laughs> until we got a bit older, I guess, and then we, you know, TVs became cheaper and... We all had them in our own rooms. But But I think that's good, isn't
0: it? It's something that we don't have growing up anymore, is it? That, you know, just you're you're getting out there, you're singing, you're performing, you're you're getting outside. It's terrific. (laughs) We don't have it anymore, do we?
1: Well, there's a lot of... um, Yeah, I I remember when I was 16 and we, as as a whole family, got our first computer for Christmas. (laughs) You know, it was just the one thing that we all, like, rallied around, you know. It was so exciting. So, yeah, things are very different now.
0: You first started dancing. That was your first sort of foray into performing arts as a very, very young girl. I think you were five. We don't see much of you dancing in Beautiful, but if you kept it up?
1: <laughs> um... Yeah, a couple of years ago I went back to ballet and started from scratch just doing level one mm-hmm. and moving my way up. Um, I, I love movement, so I guess I'm probably more into yoga now. So <laughs> I, I, I do that to keep my physical abilities up. But, yeah, not, not so much dance. Yeah, it's hard to find classes that are, are not um, really intense mm. and, like,
0: competitive
1: and yeah. full on
0: you know. I, do you do I, much yoga now that you're in full show run mode?
1: Uh, I do less than I would normally just because I have to give so much energy to mm. the show and um, you know you can't you have to leave a lot in the tank. Yeah
0: we'll get to all that in just a moment because I'm fascinated with you know doing is it eight shows a week at the moment? Yes. I mean how, how you preserve that energy we'll get to that a little bit later on. Singing didn't start until much later in life did it? You were in your teenage years. But you actually applied twice to get into opera school.
1: Yeah, into opera school um, for um, my tertiary years. And Mm. then I tried to get into, yeah, one of the academies, WAPA, a couple of years in a row, Mm. which didn't happen, which which I was so disappointed about at the time. But actually now is one of those sort of moments in your life that kind of um, you have to rally that determination to keep going and... um,
0: but that's yeah, so I think important. it's made me the performer I am well, because
1: that, I, I've worked really hard to kind of pave my way yeah. without it's a lesson for all
0: performers and all of us, really, everybody in all walks of life, that you've got to take those knockbacks, and you, as a performer, <laughs> would have had plenty.
1: Oh yeah, I think that's just part, part of the part of being an actor. But um, yeah, having not being able to study, I remember thinking, if I can't study, how could I ever get a job? So it was it was a really challenging moment to get through. Mm. Um, but I'm glad I did. I had good support, I, Dean Bryant and Matthew Frank. Down in Melbourne I don't know if you know them Mm. But they were big supporters And it was sort of Not long after that That they offered me um, Virgins And I started working With them And Yeah, they really helped me through that.
0: And you've broken through. You've been in any number of shows. Hairspray in 2010. You won a Helpman Award for that once we lived here. King Kong playing the role of Anne Darrow. You spent the past few months opposite Josh Pitterman, who plays Jerry Goff. And tell us, to be honest, who's the better love interest? Is it Josh or is it the six-metre-tall, one-ton gorilla in King Kong? (laughs) It's got to be the gorilla. (laughs) 100%. 100%. <laughs> that brings us He's to. beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Not that
1: Josh is not, but yeah, I, that was an experience. That was amazing. That was incredible.
0: Absolutely. It brings us to beautiful, the Carol King musical. What made you decide to audition in the first place? Uh,
1: well, the music, and um, I didn't know much about her story, so it has to be the music.
0: Mm. I don't think a lot of us. Knew a lot about the Carol King story until this show came around. It is a fascinating story, isn't it? Forget the music. The music stands on its own, but the story, that's what really comes through for me as the star of the show
1: mm, that's awesome. Um, yeah the thing as a woman for me that I've I've just loved playing another woman that's you know at such a young age was just so inspiring and so determined and so confident with her work um, so to see her writing number one hits at 17 and then and then the transition in her personal life um, up to 29 is yeah it's really incredible.
0: There's a lot of correlations between Carol and you were you that determined at 17?
1: Yeah, I think I've always had a lot of determination. Um but I'm probably a bit like Carol in that um you know I can at times battle with my confidence. Mm. So it's a it's this thing of kind of being really determined and yeah, just having to battle those two things and being a shy person. I know that Carol was as well and I am, still am. Yeah. But um yeah, I I love performing. I love being out in front of people, but it is always um you know a hard thing to open yourself up and I know it's the same for Carol in her book you know kind of putting the mask on and heading out there and doing the thing.
0: The audition process itself how taxing was that because it would have been a, a huge effort to find the exact right Carol King and I interviewed the original uh, production team uh, a number of months ago and oh, they great. said they saw you and, and you were it uh, and they were blessed <laughs> but but what talk That's us through good. that audition process <laughs> was it hard?
1: Um, yeah, there was, there was sort of several rounds and, um, I'm, you know, it's, it's always lovely to hear that they thought that, but you know, I never walk in and think I've got the job. So Mm. there were several rounds and I, I just made sure that I worked really hard and I focused in and it was sort of lucky that at the time I didn't have another job. So I was just, that was my job Mm. is to make sure that I went in and just nailed every audition because I really just wanted to get the job.
0: And you did. But from (laughs) there... It must have been an enormous amount of research into Carol King as a person, as a performer. You're not imitating Carol as such in the show. It's your own version of her songs. But it's important to get those little vocal nuances first.
1: Yes, yeah. I have to, you know, make sure I rein myself in and don't do any licks. In <laughs> <laughs>
0: Did Think, you have to change your voice at all? Uh, yeah, a
1: little bit. So I've changed it in that I... Um, I, I kind of place it in a in, in a spot that I think is closest with my the mechanics of my I don't know structure of my mouth and mm. all of that stuff and my resonating cavities. I place it in a spot which I think is the most you know, kind of suited to Carol's voice. And I, I just make sure that I don't, I kind of keep it straight. I listen to her before every show. And just Do you really? Sh- just to make sure I get it in my, you know, because I listen to a lot of soul music and R&B and, you know, that that's a, it's a really, she's got a lot of soul in her voice and, and especially in a lot of her writing later on as well. But, um, you know, I like to, I have to keep it.
0: That's fascinating. So yeah, you do. You great. still put her in your ears before every show.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it's just great to listen to anyway. But especially the um, because the show starts at Carnegie Hall, so yes. there's actually a a live recording of that. So I mean, that's just the best thing to do before the show.
0: <laughs> the research is certainly the listening to it, and, and then coming up with your own Carol King sound. But also, I suppose watching would have been a huge part of the research too, because. Carol has that sort of unique swagger behind the piano, doesn't she? She she attacks she the keyboard, but then the rest of her body does as well. You've got the, the head, the neck, the shoulders, everything, the long arms.
1: <laughs> yeah, she thumps away. Like, she's so um, sort of exciting to watch. So... Yeah, it's taken – I think my arm's settled down now, but for a couple of months there, it was just so sore. Good workout. Um, it's good workout, <laughs> such a good workout. Yeah.
0: And you had to spend a fair bit of time learning how to play the piano, didn't you? Because that's something that can't be faked if an audience member can tell if a performer doesn't, doesn't know how to play the piano, where the keys are at the right time.
1: Yeah, it was a big stress mm. uh, for me uh, and one that I just yeah, – I didn't want anyone to come and go, oh, that's that's – I was gonna say bullshit, but I said it. I did it. Um, so it was really important to me to get the to get that looking as real, and you know. And so I learned so, so quite a few of the songs now, and yeah, it's been really great challenge for me. And
0: there's no doubt about you from that very first scene that you mentioned in Carnegie Hall. As soon as you come on and start playing and start talking, you are Carol King. It, it's absolutely amazing.
1: You just call out my name. And you know wherever I am I'll come running to see you again come winter spring summer
0: Give us an insight into what it's like doing the same show eight times a week do you Do you have to keep it fresh?
1: Oh yes, this show just rides on it being fresh uh, How do which you do is it? such a challenge. Uh, I just make sure uh I don't do too much else with my life. Mm. Um, I do a lot of resting so that I've got that energy and focus when I come out. And look, you know, maybe sometimes I don't, I don't hit it, I don't know, but um, the aim is that you come out and you've got the energy to give it.
0: Do you consciously mix things up at all or do you go in trying to give pretty much the same performance every time
1: oh no I'm definitely a mixer opera um, <laughs> but I find that if I'm there and I'm in I'm very present then I, I it's it that's just what comes out of me I'm, I'm not a kind of performer that will just do the same thing but I guess if I'm I'm very tired or if I'm a bit sick or something like that then perhaps there's certain moments that I know I can fall back to doing you know a certain rhythm or whatever I will do that of course but my my joy is getting out there and being there yeah. and seeing what comes out like that's so fun to me
0: and being in that moment I yeah. suppose the rest of us, mere mortals, can't get our head around doing the same thing every day. But it would be a huge mental challenge.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. it's it's huge. But it, it's um that's why it's great. That I've read I, many I reviews that show. have
0: said that it's your performance is effortless, but it's far from effortless. I imagine.
1: <gasps> I do. Uh, yes, it's far from, far from <laughs> effortless. And I'm but I'm really glad that it looks effortless.
0: Good. That's it's,
1: a good thing. <laughs>
0: take us through then a day in the life of Esther Hannaford during this period. Are you one of those people who? allow yourself to have a bit of time? Do you you drink at all?
1: Uh, Not much. I mean, on a Sunday night I might, Mm -hmm. but I guess uh, it depends the workload. But I know definitely leading up to um, opening night I wasn't drinking at all for a couple of months. Like you just can't afford it and your voice or you get sick or your immune system just can't handle it like mm. you're really asking a lot of your body and your mind to do eight shows a week so it just makes it harder so actually it's not really worth it
0: do you do anything away from the theater you mentioned yoga earlier do you still do a bit of yoga yeah
1: yeah definitely do a bit of yoga i'm living in Clavelli, so mm. i chose that spot because i knew how sort of taxing this would be so i knew that if i could just walk if i can walk down to the beach i can sit on the beach for an hour or two that's a good day for mm. me you know read my book and you know it's perfect. What a life. Yeah. What a life. <laughs> oh, I look, I, um, I'm counting my blessings at the moment. But it's it, really great. It is
0: a great honour, but mm. it's also it's a massive responsibility of playing a role like this because, I mean, people at home need to realise that each night and some days as well, you're performing to thousands of people. Each of those people are there for a special night. It might be a birthday or mm-hmm. an anniversary. They no. probably saved up for weeks for this one night out at the theatre and they might love Carole King. So for you... You can't have an off night because you have a responsibility to these people. Does that is that a burden in any way to you?
1: Uh, I, I would just say it's a, it's a challenge, mm. and it's it's I don't take it lightly, and I feel it, and I get it, and I do my best. Yeah. You know, and that's something that I've had to come to terms with as a performer doing eight shows a week. You have to do your best, and that that's.
0: That's the, the expectation. Best you do, yeah, and well, that's, that's all right. you can
1: do. You yeah. know, otherwise you would just eat yourself alive mm. being like, Oh, it wasn't this or was <laughs> you know, I'm, the older I get, you that's not a fun little uh, hole to <laughs> burrow into.
0: The show finishes up in Sydney in January, you're then off to Melbourne, new city, new theatre, a few little casting changes. Is that something you look forward to?
1: Oh yeah, I'm really looking, it's always nice to have a sort of fresh new theatre and space, the sound will be different, uh, it'll be a new band, um, like you said, new cast members, um, and Melbourne's my hometown, yeah. so, you know, that will be fun.
0: Where will you be staying? Have you found your Clavelli in Melbourne?
1: Oh, I, I have a place down in Melbourne. <laughs> oh, I live that's in, good. I live in Fitzroy, so. That'd um, be good to be home. I'll be, I'll be home, and all my, yeah, family's there, so that's
0: good. We mentioned this sort of, uh, that Carole King was a reluctant star, is that how you would describe Esther Hannaford? Or do you love being in the spotlight? Oh.
1: Uh, it's not that I don't love it. It's just, it's not, it's not, doesn't feel that supernatural for me. Mm. I mean, being on stage and being someone else feels great to me. I love that so much. Yeah. Uh, but I don't mind it. Like I appreciate, I appreciate it the older I get, you know, if people are interested and, you know, that's It, that's it was lovely. funny in
0: a previous podcast I did uh, with Mark Bruni, Jason Howland and Joyce Chittick, they were all in there together and it was just before the show opened in Sydney and they walked across the Piemont Bridge and they saw flag after flag after flag up in the breeze with your face on it. And they said, Esther would hate that.
1: <laughs> I know everyone, all the marketing team were like, do you love it? Do you love it? Isn't it amazing? And I was like, yes, you guys have done an amazing job. Like your work is amazing, but I don't look at that and go, oh my God, it's me. It's me times a thousand. That's the best thing ever. Um, yeah, they're probably right. I didn't hate it, but I, yeah, it makes me feel a bit funny. I was walking through the city a a lot at that time and they were yeah it was quite um overwhelming
0: amazing amazing <laughs> personally i'd love it where's my flags <laughs> one day one day now carol king she's attended every production of the show around the world as yet we're yet to see her here in australia we hope she will come but she always appears under a shroud of secrecy do you go out there every performance thinking this could be the night? <laughs> A
1: little bit. (laughs) Um, I would love it if she came. That would be such an honor.
0: I assume you prefer not to know that she was there.
1: Um, I would say so, because yes, yeah, yeah. and I know that that's the way she does it. Because she's Mm. done Broadway shows, she knows that you know. If someone's out there, it's amazing how it's not that it changes your performance, but your whole your mind can get a little fixated on that. Yeah. Um, But you must have played
0: it out a million times in your head. What would be the first thing that you say to her?
1: Oh, no, I have no idea we'll see what see what happens if it happens
0: <laughs> alright getting a little bit deeper now just to, to finish this off do you ever ponder what will life be like when this is all over <laughs> I mean I do a bit well, of theatre is- myself and I'm a chronic sufferer of PSD the post show depression but I can't imagine what it would be like for someone like you in a, in a role like this it, it is all encompassing
1: yes um, I'm sure there will be a big come down but I hope that um, you know, there's lots of great, great other shows we, in my future. There's always you know. another show over there. I hope so. <laughs> I hope there's some more. Um, yeah, yeah. But of course, you know, this one's a really special one and I'm savouring it and... um which is really
0: great. And you'll be around for a long time yet, I'm sure, because people are absolutely loving it. So keep enjoying the ride. Beautiful, the Carol King musical. It's open now at the Lyric Theatre in Sydney and then moves to Her Majesty's Theatre in Melbourne from mid-February. Beautifulmusical.com.au is the place for all the information and to buy your tickets to see Esther Hannaford's incredible performance as Carol King. Esther, thank you for your time.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: And thanks to everyone for listening. I'm Luke Davis and we'll speak with you soon in the next Michael Castle podcast.